0: Welcome to the Situation Report for April 10th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. The Trump saga was here, and now it's gone. You see glimmers of it, and you see memes and threads, but most of it's just disinformation that's being pushed around. More fear porn. There's more charges coming. Isn't it funny how it hits a news cycle, all the memes show up, people post a bunch of stuff, then it goes away. It's like it never happened. It's amazing. There's a lot of things that are being that are being posted right now that are abject BS that are being reposted everywhere, and uh, you know I this weekend I took a lot of time off this weekend just to step away. After I did the the Tom Luongo interview, and I'm still working on other v- interviews, is I just needed to step away. I in fact I was procrastinating all day doing this because there's so many things to talk about. But the, the thing that's that's sitting in front of everybody right now that nobody's really paying attention to is the classified documents that were released from the Pentagon. And I don't know if they came out of UCOM or sorry, European command, if they came out of AFRICOM, if they came out of Centcom, who knows? Came out of one of the combatant commands. My guess is it came out of UCOM, not out of the Pentagon. But it was a controlled leak. And I'm convinced that it was a controlled leak. To stop the spring offensive and to slow down the train for Ukrainian um, reinforcements to hit the battlefield, I think people in the Pentagon have figured out that the war is lost, and sending more people into con- into the conflict zone is not going to. It's still, all it's going to result in is more dead Ukrainians. And there are people talking about the casualty counts are off. Duh. We knew that. Duh. We knew they were lying to us. I mean, all of that is not new information. We knew that. And we knew it. We've known it for a while. We knew the casualty counts were way off. We knew that just from, all you have to do is watch some of the videos and you see that Ukrainians are getting their asses handed to them. It's not a big stretch. It's just not. And... So we've we've been seeing it. It's been it's live right in front of you. Can't miss it. The other thing that was a tell in that was the fact that it showed how many dis different special operation forces were in the AO during all of that. That is uh pretty amazing that there's uh, and there's op direct action ops and the Russians basically said yeah we know. It was. It was just. It was just that simple. Yeah, we know. We got it. So. There, there, you, there, you go. You got it right there. The Russians know. Everybody knows we're operating there. So what comes out of this will be the, the interesting part. How it, how it, um, how it develops, how it comes out, that'll be the interesting part. Because it's, it's delayed their plans. It's pushed back, the momentum and it's like every every turn they make everything they do turns to shit and it's i think it's by design i think a lot of what we're seeing is controlled releases to slow down the train and ultimately drive some kind of a peace agreement and if you if you think about it a peace agreement would be detrimental to the US, its reputation as well as to all the stuff we moved over there. I mean we've we essentially if the slide was right, which they say the numbers have been changed, et cetera, et cetera, then it is let's just say (laughs) it's gonna be very expensive to move all that stuff back. We've essentially moved the equivalent of two brigades and or two divisions and two brigade combat teams. If if I go by the numbers that were on the slides. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing that we've moved that many. We were we were doubling down on well I, I would assume we were doubling down. We were doubling down on probably well my best guess is we sent troops over there with the intent of go- direct fire engagement with the Russians. That's the best way to say it. And this would disrupt all of that, force us to move that equipment home, which I, I, I don't think they ever intended to bring that equipment home or those forces. So this puts a monkey wrench in the whole thing. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. For a variety of reasons, very very interesting, and it's we're seeing more and more of it. Like, and this is what I this is what I was trying to say before. We we're going to see a lot of disclosures along the way. The reason why I said that, the reason why I believe that, and the reason why I keep seeing that, is because that's the best way to disrupt their plans is disclosure. Anytime you bring stuff to the light, it completely throws off all their messaging. It throws off all the propaganda. It throws off all the news agencies. And it makes everybody pivot. And you don't have to do anything other than just expose the truth with facts. And it disrupts all their operations. And I'm I'm of the opinion, I was then, I am now, I'm of the opinion that there are people within the system that are trying to keep our forces from engaging with, and probably there are probably some some junior and senior officers and junior and senior enlisted in the system that are trying very hard to make sure that we don't go to active war with with Russia because that's not good for us in any way, shape, or form. And I think that the powers that be in the military have finally figured out that. We can't sustain a long term fight with the Russians. We don't have the production capability, and we can't get to full production because they've moved everything offshore. They know that. So now, if they if they actually you know do it, I think it's going to disrupt every bit of their plans. So it should be uh, you will see more as this develops, we'll see more and more disclosure. Probably not more classified information, but we'll see more disclosure probably of unclassified information that says the very same thing. And then the next piece of it is you look at the Pentagon's response to all of this, and the response is very telling. I mean, very telling, because they acknowledge that the information is true. They didn't acknowledge that the data was true. They acknowledged the classified leak was true. Now classified leaks happen all the time. It's just a when you have so many contractors, so many people on active duty, and you have multiple systems sitting on a desk, it's easy for classified spillage to happen. It's very easy. You would you you can you know you can see it happen on a regular basis. It just it just it's a thing. And uh, you know I <laughs> my teams and I we spend you know countless hours cleaning up classified spillage off unclassified systems. It just happens. So I'm not surprised that it happened, but I think this was targeted for a very specific time for a very specific reason. And that was to disrupt the deployment of additional forces on the Ukrainian side because the Ukrainians are just getting their asses handed to them. They're slowly getting bled dry and their equipment's getting destroyed almost as soon as it gets in theater. But, you know, I've watched a lot of video of Russians blowing stuff up. It doesn't take a lot of math to see how effective that is. If you go back to, to Iraq in 4 four, you'll see how effective the roadside bombs were because they were posting it all over YouTube, blowing our guys up. And you know, you don't you don't realize what a roadside bomb does to a human body. The concussion breaks all your bones, gives you usually gives you some kind of brain injury, or worse, it kills you. Immediately, and it's not—it's not necessarily the explosion that kills you. It's a shockwave, and you know I had my eardrums popped out, you know, from uh, being too close to to uh, rockets coming in, even on the ground. And I had a one hundred and seven land <laughs> literally on the other side of a Hesco barrier, and it lifted me off the ground and popped my eardrums. It was the middle of the night too, so imagine that you are moving a whole column of forces. Into an area in the middle of winter, and every one of your vehicles just starts blowing up, and you don't know where the fire's coming from. That's what those drones have done to the battlefield. They've changed the landscape completely, and I think that finally, there's fo- this folks in the Pentagon in the and then NATO that are paying attention and realize that this is a losing battle, and that you know, we train, we train economy of forces, we train. We train. Um, well, we train a lot of things, but we train economy of force. We train um, conservational forces. We train all those things, and we do that because we want. Um, well, two things: we want to conserve the forces we have so we can fight another day. But more importantly, we don't want to expend all of our equipment if we don't have if you don't have to. You fight the fight, you can win. And I think there's people that are in the system that have finally figured out that they're not going to win no matter how much, how much shit they throw into this. And the other side of it is, we're going to find out how much equipment's really got there and shown up on the battlefield, and how much has been sold in the black market. Because if if I'm a if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I I would probably put some money down that a lot of this money that's been sent over there was never never intended to go there it's been funneled back through and it was coming back through ftx and others and now they've shut that pipeline off they probably opened another pipeline somewhere probably with another hedge fund or probably through blackrock itself and they're funneling money into blackrock and if i was really on top of this i would tell you that it's probably blackrock that they're saving with a lot of these funds going over there so don't be surprised if you see more disclosures. It's coming. It's just the way it goes. So we'll see uh, we'll see more disclosure as as we get closer and closer to summer. And I'm seeing their plans disrupted in a lot of different places now. And what's funny is is that, you know a lot of these uh, mass shooters that have been coming out of the woodwork, which again, anytime a Democrats in office, we see uh, a rash of mass shootings. In this case, it's not having the desired effect anymore. The, the The population is desensitized to it, so it's disrupting their plans for gun control. They're not getting the traction on that they want. What you're seeing is a pendulum starting to sw- swing the other way. The momentum starting to swing the other way, and it's because they've lost the cult- the cultural narrative. Remember when I said this back in January. They've lost the cultural narrative, and they're not getting it back. This is the effect of that as they try and push this this gay agenda and by the way I posted a video um in that was sent to me by one of my admins good find by the way um but um it's Jennifer Billick it's an interview with her she's an investigative reporter and she's followed the money to figure out you know where the trans agenda came from and the, the it's posted in my channel and it's it's called, uh, let me get to it here. It's called, uh, where is it now? It's called, where's the trans, who's who's financing the trans agenda is what I think it is. And I can't find it in my, of course, the, the moment that I wanted to bring it up, I can't find it again story of my life. It's posted in telegram. I'll post it on to I'll post it both onto truth and on to get when I get through doing this, but it's it's worth it. Th- it's like thirty five minutes it's worth it. She's followed the money and the Pritzkers I've talked about the pricks Priskers before Prick Prisker family. their governor of of Illinois is a Prisker and they're sexualizing kids. And Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene was right. It's one, probably one of the only things she said that in the last two years has made sense, you know, when she's not pointing her ankles at the ceiling. And that is they're sexualizing children. They're pedophiles. All of them are pedophiles. And Jennifer Billick's point, which I, I agree with, is that they're trying to destroy the female. They're trying to destroy the male and deconstruct it so every any gender can be possible which there's only two genders male and female and it's biological you can't you can't change biology you're born a man you're born a woman whether you like it or not that's that's the thing but she was saying that statistically there's like 10% of today's youth that are identify as trans that's an effective information campaign right there and it's because they're inundating children with it at a very young age if you think back to when we were in, you know, when when you were in school, I remember in grade school, we did the Pledge of Allegiance every day. We 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 did uh, um we did prayer in school. We did a lot of different things all the time, every day. Pledge of allegiance, every single day. Did it all the way through high school. And every single time that we did it, you know, kids complained about it. And I'm sure the same thing's going on here with this pride stuff. But they've, the campaign has been, <clears throat> I think the campaign has been architected because she's, she's saying that it's specifically these transgender. There's three specific people she talks about. And one of them is a Prisker. Um, and I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway. And they are, they're the ones that have funded this this um, LGBT, not just community, but uh, NGOs to finance the messaging and everything else. And, you know, we're talking, she's talking about one NGO is a $17 billion NGO that has given money to schools and everything else. And if, and it's a point that this, it's a salient point that you should take into account. And that is, so they use the consumer finance protection bureau, to leverage companies to go along with their their woke agendas. That's CFPB. Their whole job is to intimidate and coerce businesses to go along with their political agenda. It's the same thing that the, the Russians did through the Politburo and political officers. They'd come into into every organization and they would they would push the political agenda of the party. It's the same kind of a thing here. But the way that they've done it over the last 15 years is they moved into the into the school system and I, and I can tell you that this is hand in hand with China. They're probably working with Chinese operatives to do a lot of the information flow. But this is really billionaires working with the chain, with the Chinese in a marriage of convenience and the tech bros to develop a system. Again, everything is a system. Everything you're fighting a system. We're fighting a machine. And the machine is big dollar, uh, both tech corporations, tech bros, and they want to build this transhumanist utopia. And the truth of the matter is they're never going to pull it off. Because, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, you fuck with nature, nature fucks with you back. And it's not a pretty sight when it happens. And you're going to see, and the other side of it too is humans are sexual beings. We, it's, we are, we are born and bred to be sexual beings. There's no changing that it's biological and it's an, and it's instinct. It's a basic instinct that all humans have. And when you traumatize kids, which most of these kids are traumatized now, just like if you, if you see somebody who's a rape survivor, they, they have a specific set of behaviors that help them disassociate from that event. And the barrier suppress the actual event and the details, the horrific details of the event, because it's too much for somebody at a young age to process, so they disassociate. And I'm not a psychiatrist, but I've, you know, I've done enough um, counseling be, because of my own issues and PTSD, et cetera, et cetera, that I know enough about disassociation. And you'll see patterns develop. Well, you're talking about them castrating children, males, females, ten percent of the of the population of kids in the US that identifies as trans, they're going to medically castrate them. And their their entire sexuality, their entire experience in the world will change literally in an instant. Sorry, my allergies are kicking my ass tonight. But their life changes in an instant. And then there's the drugs because they give them hormones. They give them puberty blockers. And she, she touches on all of this, right? But the piece that she touches on, which I've decided I haven't, didn't want to talk about because it's Pandora's box. When you, when you go through that process, let's say you want to do gender transition. It's a huge surgery. They didn't used to offer it here in the U.S., you had to go overseas to get it done. I have a friend that did it. Went to a different country to do it. They castrate you and they, they, synthetically, uh, build the opposite sex. Your body's not set up that way. Your body's not going to accept it. So then you have to take. So first you take a bunch of hormones, and you take hormones to change the hormones your body's producing. Then you get the surgery, you castrate yourself, which throws off all of your all of your hormones because they cut off, you know, the female parts or the male parts that help generate the hormones that your body needs. And you have a whole host of side effects that go along with that. One of which is bone density. You lose bone density because you're not built you're not making the hormones anymore. And you can't synthetically replace the hormones because the hormones change the structure of your body. So you have that going on. Then they give you anti-rejection drugs, which, you know, you're on those for life. It's like somebody gets a transplant. You're you're on, you're literally on drugs for the rest of your life. And we're talking about long-term side effects. We're talking about mental health side effects. We're talking about physical side effects that won't even show up for 20 years. And it's going to be, we're going to have an entire generation that's completely traumatized and then also completely screwed up from the drugs. You never get, we're never getting those people back. They're casualties. The moment they start the process, they're casualties. And lawmakers are literally saying that age of consent is as early as a kid wants to identify. But yet they're saying that to own a firearm you have to be 21, you have to be 21 to drink but the age of consent for castration is a you know a kid that's less than 10. They should make people's blood boil, but instead people don't even talk about it because they're too afraid to talk about it because they don't want to be labeled as as transphobic or worse, racist. That's the that's the information game that they're playing. They use the language against you so that they can push their agenda. And most of these, most of these kids are taking these drugs are so fucking whacked out on the hormones that they can't see straight. And you wonder why you have these mass demonstrations and people getting incited. It's because they're already jacked up. And this is, this isn't even the violent stage. You know, when I say this only ends one way, this only ends with bullets. This is not going to end any other way. They have taken away all legal recourse. And it's going to be when people are completely out of resources, when they finally figure out they've been lied to. And I'm hoping that people will wake up before then and start banding together and take their cities back and take their communities back. Because I look at what these, what these idiots down in Pima County are doing. They're literally sexualizing children and, Nobody's saying a word about it except for a very small minority. And all they're trying to do with that minority is they're trying to block them from going to any of the board of supervisor meetings and the school board meetings for the same reason that they, they don't want you to be awake. They don't want to hear your feedback. They don't care. They've been emboldened by the agendas that are being pushed. And there's a huge amount of money that's being pushed into all of these different counties. Through, through these NGOs, which are throwing stupid money at them, and they're going along with it because they want the money. It's like the, it's the same reason they signed all of the IGAs, the intergovernmental agreements, with the CDC. They wanted the money. But the money is the lure. And it's the same thing with schools. The education institutions went along with it because they wanted the money. Once they got the money, they had to, they had to play by the rules. Then you have counties like Pima County, most of them are hardcore communists, and they, they literally just want to instill a communist government. That's the game. And until people wake up and realize what's going on, and look, I had a conversation today. It's part of the reason why I'm doing this so late. I had a conversation today with a one-star, and I was so, I was so incensed when I got off the phone. That I I I had to take two hours and walk away. I was so incensed. He, he kept saying to me, this the situation will resolve itself. No, it won't. Look at where we are. The Chinese are marching across the planet right now. They're they're moving the financial system to China. They're moving the, the reserve currency to China. They've infiltrated every single part of our government. They've infiltrated every institution in our society. They've completely Infiltrated universities to where they're they're brainwashing kids that communism was done wrong. How exactly is this going to correct itself? And why aren't you stepping up? Where are the general officers? Silence. Crickets. And I and I asked him again, where are the general officers? No answer. And I lost my fucking mind. I just literally, I literally set the phone down, put it on speaker and said, it's cowards like you and cowards throughout the general officer ranks that have led us here in the first place. Every one of you, every one of you knew Obama was a traitor. All of you knew it, and none of you stood up and did anything. None of you stood the post, every single one of you, and you watched Keith Alexander, you watched Jen Easterly, you watched all this parade of morons that are in office right now, like Millie and Austin, and you worked with Austin. You know he's a miserable person. You knew he was a bad choice as the down and you did nothing, you said nothing. There's only two general officers that are talking around. That's Valerie and McInerney. And those guys are way, way outside of their skill set. But you are in the zone. You can do this work. You can, you can get the right people to pay attention. You can get the right people to start throwing money to solve this problem and to turn the information war around so we can wake the country up. That's not only your job. It is your moral obligation, crickets. I just so it's like general. I'm disgusted. I am absolutely disgusted. And I hung up the phone. I've had that conversation with colonels, with lieutenant colonels, with majors, and they all say the same thing. I'm worried about my retirement. Here's the here's the here's the basic math. If the communists are allowed to destroy our country, there's not going to be a retirement for you to draw. I don't, I don't even plan on drawing mine. I never did. I figured the country would be broke by the time I retired anyway. Look at where we are. Do you think Social Security is going to be around after this? Social Security is going to die. The reason why France is on fire right now, the reason why Mac- Macron left the country, is the barbarians are at the gates because the country's flat broke. He had to usher in austerity measures because they're broke. They can't afford to finance the social programs, which we have propped up for the last 50 years, anymore. And the U.S. can't prop them up anymore. We're flat broke too. But yet you have officer after officer after officer You know, and I'll say this, every enlisted that I've talked to, every single one of them is in the fight. Every one of them is in the fight. It doesn't matter what branch of service, even Coast Guard NCOs are in the fight. But you have all these candy ass officers that don't want to get in the fight. And I don't get why. What the hell are, what are you waiting for? This is what you raised your right hand and swore an oath to do: was defend the Constitution. Part of defending the Constitution is getting the American people to realize they're being lied to. I don't know what part of that math is so hard to figure out. i was just infuriated. It's just, it's just infuriating. And then I, I see a bunch of stuff from, uh, from Bannon today, which I reposted some of it. So while everybody else is busy being pissed off at Bud Light because they hired a queer bait to run their marketing program who's, you know, signing up for the woke culture, which is ultimately going to bankrupt Anheuser-Busch after, you know, 187 years. That's what people are focused on. A beer that wasn't that good in the first place, which I never drank, will never drink, not even on my best day, because it's basically bull urine and tastes like filtered yard waste. Why would I drink that? There's better options out there. But that's what everybody's focused on. I was focusing on Elon Musk making an announcement that he's going to invest heavily in China. No, I think it's the other way around, Elon. I think China's heavily invested in you, and I think they want their pound of flesh. So they're going to make you make your electric shit and all your other bullshit over there in China because, you know, you're the savior of the free world with your, your Twitter acquisition, which was funded by China. And here we are. And I'm supposed to believe that you're the, the, the rock star. There's still a lot of people you haven't put back on Twitter. I don't see Alex Jones back on Twitter. So everything he said was horse shit. And I, and I knew it from the, from the very, very beginning. I didn't anybody that talks about transhumanism, for the last 20 years, and then all of a sudden he switched sides. Yeah. It's like it, it's like all the rest of the switch sides. Kristen Cinema, she's not a Democrat anymore. She's an independent. Yeah. I I yeah, I'm buying that. She's 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 paid for, bought and paid for by a lot of private equity firms. She's gonna help the private equity firms. She's just still part of the establishment. She just changed her label. Tulsa Gabbard the same way, changed her label. Elon Musk changes label. It's just good marketing bullshit, but it's still bullshit. And then, let me say it right: It's still bullshit. And what if, I told you, I like my bullshit freshly packaged and well delivered. And it's not even good bullshit; it's just bullshit. But they're just rebranding themselves, and they're doing it to make themselves look better to the people they think are going to put them in the into office. It's just like all this this hype around. Well, Trump's going to get. It's going to be a landslide. I hate to break it to you, but the 2020 election was a landslide for Trump. Even people that didn't like Trump voted for Trump because they didn't like Biden. They didn't They didn't want what we have now. But the system's so compromised, and now it's completely compromised. Just look at Arizona. Katie Hobbs vetoed eight bills in one day. One of them was a voting bill that had her language in it, and she still vetoed it. That's how stupid this woman is. She's completely owned by the cartels. She's completely owned by probably the Freemasons because that V symbol she makes is a Freemason symbol, the diamond. That's that's Freemason. They do it with their hand. Kevin McCarthy did it too. It's just she's just owned by somebody else. And she's doing the exact same thing that Ducey did. They're vetoing everything that they don't like, and they're using a lot. They're just biding their time. just waiting until 2024, until they take over the rest of the Senate. That's the game. So it just makes me wonder, when are people going to wake up? And they are waking up. Just they're being quiet about it. And all the stuff you're paying attention to right now, the Bud Light stuff and all, it's just noise. I don't care about Bud Light. You shouldn't either. It's a beer. Nobody cares about beer. If you like drink beer, there's alternatives. Go find an alternative. It's like the Jack Daniels thing. People lost their minds over Jack Daniels. It's, it's look, it's all noise. This the signal in all of this is what's going on in Ukraine. How much money are they sending over there? Where's the money going? Where's the equipment going? How many troops do we have over there? What are we doing with our troops over there? What's our special forces doing? What are they doing in Ukraine? Are they are they in direct engagement with the Russians? Is World War Three already started? That signal. And it's like this trans thing. Follow the money. And you it leads right back to pharma. It leads right back to the weaponization of the hospitals. It leads right back to the the bigger agenda of transhumanism. It leads right back to the tech bros. That signal. All this other stuff is noise. The Trump stuff is noise. And the the economy is signal. What's going on with the economy? Now, it's not going to happen overnight because everything is a slow burn, when it comes to national level politics, it's like the Fed Now stuff. I got a bunch of the Fed Now stuff sent to me, and I posted it. And I don't see it happening until at least September, October, and even then, I don't see it happening. I don't see the CBDCs happening at all now. This last trip by Macron and and or whatever her name is, Ursula, they literally she blocked her from several meetings so he could meet with Macron alone. He didn't want the interlopers there. She's considered an, a globalist interloper. That's a very powerful message, that not only do we not want your agenda, I don't want to hear what you have to say, and we're not signing up for whatever's coming out of the central banks in any, any format. That's a very loud message. And I think Luongo was right, that there is uh, intense negotiations going on in the background. But the barbarians are at the gates. And I, and I I, will say this one more time. There's going to be disclosures around what these people have been doing in the background. There's going to be disclosures around what these people have been doing with children. And why we're on the subject of children, I've talked about red rooms and nauseam. But I haven't really gone into detail about what red rooms are and how they work. So the high level is people pay tremendous sums of money to sit in a gallery or sit on the dark web and watch what happens to a kid in a chair. They either dismember them, they torture them, they kill them, or they rape them, and then kill them. And this is the worst part of it. The people that are in the audience are paying money to dictate what happens to the kid in the chair. And they can be behind glass, five feet away, pressing a button to say, cut off a finger, cut off a hand. They get, aw- they get their kicks watching this. And when you walk into a room full of body parts, it's not the visual stimulus of seeing it, it's the smell. You can't ever get the smell out of your system. And I've never seen a red room in operation. I've always kicked doors on it because they were always worn just before we got there. But I can tell you that it's not a pleasant sight. And the people that frequent those are sick, twisted individuals that need to be purged from this planet. That entire system, and it's a system of trafficking kids for the sake of some kind of satanic ritual like that, need to be purged from this planet. This is the problem of our generation. I don't talk about it because there's so many facets to it that you can't get your head around that somebody would actually do that. And not only are they doing it, it's across the planet. It's a cash and carry business. It's the number one cash and carry business on the planet, human trafficking. Do you hear anybody talking about that? No. You are, you're hearing more and more of it now, but I'm I'm going to wager a bet that you're going to see some kind of disclosure before the end of the year about some major politicians that have committed crimes against children, and it's going to show up live and in the public space, and they will not be able to hide from it. You're going to see disclosures around what's going on in Ukraine. You're going to see disclosures around where the money went. You've already seen some of it through FTX. They laundered money through FTX, brought it on shore to NGOs and to super PACs, and they used it to prop up candidates in all these races in all these states. And basically what they did was they paid off the people that control the votes to let their candidates win. That's literally how Juan Sissimani got into CD6. He had no business even being on the ballot. He didn't even campaign just like Katie Hobbs. He was a picked candidate. So I want you to tell me, based on that, how Trump is ever going to get back into office if the system's controlled to that level. We have to reset the system. It only happens one way. Bullets fly. And the American people have to get, they have to get angry enough to get organized enough to put their personal differences aside and stand side-by-side and take the country back. And I think the will is there, but the organization is not there. And, you know, I was told the other night that people are listening, but I'm not appealing to a wider audience, okay? I'm all ears. I, I'm not gonna dumb down the show and do dipshit things like TikTok and all that other bull. I won't put TikTok on my phone. And it amazes me how many security guys I know that are talking about TikTok. And, and I'm and I'm asking you, do you have TikTok on your phone? Yeah. You realize you compromise yourself, right? The Chinese are scraping all your data. They're installing keystroke loggers on your phone. So every key that you push on your phone goes to China all your passwords all your bank accounts all your all your goat porn all that stuff is in China they know everything about you they know how often you you access your phone they know where you are it's taking pictures of you every seven seconds turn off the light and turn on a turn on uh a, a night vision camera and you'll see your phone flashing that's the camera flashing taking a picture it's got a infrared flash on it it takes your picture every seven seconds. If you have an iPhone, that's what it's doing every seven seconds. Whether it's on or not, doesn't matter. Just take a picture of you. And how many, how many different, let's just say, how many people have TikTok on their phone? I know a lot of security guys that do. And it's just literally amazing to me that a security professional who knows all this would install that shit on their phone, but that should tell you where the population's at. So checked out from reality, they would rather be distracted knowing they're compromised than take a step back and not be a part of the in crowd fear of missing out. Amazing how that works. Isn't it? fantastic, fantastic information operation until people come together, it's why i keep saying unity is the hill we die on till people come together until we can we can reach a wider audience and get people listening i i don't see anything developing unless it's a catalyst event or some kind of a some kind of a massive disclosure and i'm not talking about Hunter Biden i'm talking about a massive disclosure where you see a lot of different very very famous and very very rich people that are doing very inappropriate things with children. And I think you will see people lose their minds. And I think you will see people come together. Whether they take to the streets, I don't think so. I think they're they're going to do things in a more direct fashion this time. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong about a lot of things. And uh, you know, I I I've said before I don't know what the catalyst is going to be. I, I've stopped trying to figure it out. It just is what it is. But a lot of the messaging I was seeing over the weekend, a lot of the calls that that I disconnected from, was simply that it's the Trump stuff. It's just noise. And I keep redirecting people: go look at this, go look at what's going on. This is the signal. Stop listening to the noise. Now, I do want to call out. I do want to call out um, Troop because Troop posted in in Trooper Channel. He posted a bunch of interviews he did on on uh, Saturday, I believe, and we did a video in my uh, in my shop um, talking about compasses and land navigation. And he was, you know, he was kind enough to put together a, a strip map for me and some uh, some topo maps for me. Um, but one, he knows I'm an officer, and two, he knows I'd ask him anyway, so he he did the work to to put it together for me, but. After he did that, he went down uh, to one of the parks and met with um, her name's her name's Brandy, and he interviewed her and she does every Saturday, she goes she goes to a park and I think it's in Glendale or uh closer to downtown Phoenix and they cook for the homeless and she does it every weekend and he interviewed a bunch of homeless people and she interviewed a couple of them and here's what struck me about that that interview and, and why I'm calling it out it takes a very special person to to be that dedicated to help the homeless most people look through homeless we all do it you see the guy next to the freeway with the sign or the guy at the stoplight and he's got a sign or he's in the, he's in the island with a sign you know give me your you know give me some money times are tough blah 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 And you roll your eyes, you roll up your window, you turn up your radio, and you ignore them. We all do it. Everybody does it. You look through them. You don't look at them. About three and a half years ago, when I was still in Seattle, I was driving through downtown Everett and sign guys on every corner. And I stopped at a light, and I wasn't really paying attention to the guy that was right next to my car. And when I was getting ready to turn the light turned, and I looked up and I saw his face and I realized it was a soldier I'd served with. And I, I stopped my car. People are honking at me. I got out of my car and I, and I, and I said to him, do you know who I am? And he said, no, I don't know who you are. I'm like, we served together. We were, we were in this unit together. What are you doing here? And he started talking about his his situation from from that moment on i i can look now i look at the homeless now i look at them i can talk to them i'm not nearly as good as troop is Troop's really good at it and it's a it's a skill but to watch him talking to to brandy and to watch him talking to the homeless and hearing their story and he and and him knowing how to operate in that environment and getting people to just engage is something you should all watch. It's a reminder that the best and probably most effective tool that we have in our arsenal is empathy. And it will serve you throughout what's to come because you remember that people are human and sometimes you got to meet them where they are this is a graphic example of sphere of influence and brandy building sphere of influence i watched it a couple of times today and i watched shoop's interview with uh, a homeless guy Mm -hmm. and i mean the the whole demographic of the entire homeless situation is going to change drastically here in a few months. You're going to see families that are going to be out. Um, they're going to be living out of tents, but right now you have vets that are, they have mental illness. They have traumatic brain, brain injuries. They have PTSD. You have mentally ill. You have drug addicts. You have people that are, um, let's just say, they couldn't stay in the mental health system so they're on the streets and they've been displaced onto the streets because the system is so broken and when you see them and and when you see troop interview this guy you'll see that he's not he's not all there and he's been out he's been living he's been homeless for like 3 4 years and it's a it's it's a shock that most people i i, I would say most people don't understand and the the people are going to get shocked when they're in that situation. Hell, I could be homeless, who knows. The point is is that what it reminds me of is never take anything for granted. Never take for granted the situation you're in, never take for granted the the things you have in your life. And I I realized that lesson when I was when I came home from uh from Iraq. When I came home, I realized that uh Sorry, my allergies are kicking my ass today. I realized when I came home that I didn't know my, my ex-wife. I didn't know my kids. I wasn't checked in. I wasn't communicating with anybody. I didn't know how to communicate. I was doing all kinds of shit acting out from all the stuff that, uh, you know, that I saw over there. And I saw a microcosm compared to what some of these vets have gone through. And when you see them homeless, I mean... I drove this guy to the VA when I saw him and recognized him. I, I made him get in my car and I drove into the VA. First, I took him to my house and I made him shower, and then I got him some food, and then I drove him down to the VA in Seattle and I checked him in. And I said, because I was still, I was still, um, I was still dealing with the VA at that time, so I know, I knew exactly who to go to talk to. And deal with, and I I marched him in there and said, he does not leave here. You are going to find a place for him. You are going to check him in and you're going to take care of him and get him the mental health resources he needs. I'm going to be back here tomorrow and the next day and the next day until you can tell me what's going to happen for the next six months for him. And he's just one guy. There's thousands of soldiers, thousands that are displaced and they've lost their families, their friends, their lives. They're they're on the streets. That's that's the powerful reminder from that video. And it's why I think it's a reminder that empathy is a perishable skill. It's a perif- perishable thing for us to to use in our arsenal. And it's going to be harder than you think when you're confronted with a situation like that. So my hats my hats off to Troop for, for for going down and exposing not just his channel but my my audience to that too. Because I think all of us need a reminder of where we could all be and why it's so important that we take care of, you know, we take care of one another. And I don't mean take care of one another in the sense of of making sure everybody around you has food, water, et cetera. You still have to self rescue. But I'm saying have enough empathy to understand how people got there and don't judge them based on the situation they're in. Because everybody could be there at some point in time. And it's not a pleasant place to be. And it's... it's if the one thing you can give somebody is some hope that things are better and people are paying attention, trust me when I say this. It'll be the best part of their week. People... Look right past them all the time, and for somebody to look at them and talk to them and ask them questions, it makes them feel human again. And reminding somebody of their humanity is again one of the most powerful tools in our in our entire arsenal. Reminding people that they're human. It's a, it's a it's something that we have been literally, it's been bred out of us. Our whole culture is about I got mine. I'm going to get mine. I want mine. It's all about me. We don't think about other people. We have to think about other people. And selfless service, service to others, is probably one of the most energizing things that we as humans can do. So my hat's off to Troop on that one. And, you know, the the part about that um, whole bit that is, is very energizing is to see somebody who took it upon herself to do this. And she's got people helping her now. She's got a, she's got a whole crew doing that. That's some powerful stuff. And that's, that's the kind of sphere of influence that we want to see people working together like that to do something positive. There's so much negativity in everything we see, everything we hear, everything we do. It's great to see some positive. And it's great to see that Not all homeless are, you know, they're not all grifters. They're not, this is stereotypes, right? It breaks up the stereotype. And it's good to see that too, that you're breaking through that stereotype that, you know, people are a certain way and this is the way things are. It's never black and white. A lot of gray there. You know, as you get older, you realize when you're younger, everything's black and white. There's good. There's bad. It's right. It's wrong. That's not right. It's wrong. But when you get older, you see there's a lot of gray area, and you you realize that the things that you want to be black and white, uh, not not necessarily so. And you start to look at people differently. You start to you start to stop caring about things that you thought were important, and you start ignoring the things that you know aren't important. You know, there's a there's a there's a part of the movie Fight Club. Or he's talking to the whole room room of guys before they start the fight. And he says that you spend your whole life trying to buy stuff to impress people you don't give a shit about. You spend your your whole career sucking up to people you didn't like in the first place. Doing a job you didn't like in the first place. And there's a lot of truth in that. Think about how many people want to keep up with their next-door neighbor and have the, the latest stuff. Stuff is stuff. Stuff isn't important. What's important is the people around you and, the, and your family. That's what's important. People need to be reminded of that. When you see somebody that's homeless like that, you realize they have a family, and you hear them talk about his family. You don't know what their their situation is. You don't know what their, their upbringing was like. You don't know what that guy's been through. You have no idea. And some people, let's face it, good people, bad shit happens to good people, and bad shit happens to innocent people. It's, it's you know, when you're born, it's you don't pick your parents, you don't pick your situation. You're born into it, and you either you either make the best of it and get out of it, or you you become a part of it and you repeat the process. You repeat the you repeat the cycle again. It's a it's a vicious cycle. But to see somebody actually go and make that human connection, and, and for people to see that that's a real human being there that's really, you know, dealing with issues, that's, that's a powerful message. That's why I keep saying unity is the hill we die on. Unity is the place where we come together and put our differences aside. Unity is the place where we, we look at those people that don't have the resources, and we do our best to help them out. That's why sphere of influence is way more important than you realize. It really does take a village. I hate that term, but it does. That your whole community, you're going to have to come together as your whole community. What we're going to go through is a redefinition of, of of this country. We'll come out the other side in a better place, but it's going to be, there's going to be some dark days between now and then. Having the ability to have empathy. And remind yourself that you're human and others are human too, will be the that'll be the linchpin that gets everybody through it. When you forget the human that people are human and you don't treat them like they're human beings, that's where we that's where we always trip up. You saw this during COVID. You saw people lose their minds. You saw people that were emboldened, the control freaks that wanted to go out and tell everybody how things are supposed to be people ratting out their neighbors that's not who we are that's not what we are we are a nation of people that do things we're a nation of people that have a strong moral compass where our foundation is judeo christian ethics and work and work ethic that's our foundation as a country we're not a muslim country we're not we're not a jewish country we're not uh, a strictly a christian country we're a country with a variety of religions but our foundation is on judeo christian values that's that is what was that's what founded this country that's what's kept this country in the place that it's in and we taught our children we taught the next generation why it was important to respect other people, why it was important to see people as human beings, why it was important to have a code of honor and a code of ethics. That's why our country thrived for so many years. It's just that we put these dipshits in office that are narcissistic opportunists. And every generation that goes by that gets more narcissistic, more self-centered, they get more, more opportunistic. That's where we are now. That's how how you explain Nancy Pelosi. That's how you explain Hillary Clinton. They were brought up in a system of privilege. They don't know anything else, and the only thing they want to do is consolidate more power. They don't realize, just like with billionaires, there is such a thing as too much. There is such a thing as moderation. They don't know what moderation is. They can't moderate their behavior. They can't moderate their decisions. They can't moderate their mouths. Because they've been brought up on a system that allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do without any recourse. That is not who we are. That has never been who we are. And we have to get back to that. And we have to instill those principles in the following generations. And then we have to figure out how to heal people from this fucking vaccines. That's the way forward. That's the only way forward. So if you hear me say anything tonight, hear me say this. Empathy is the most powerful tool we have in our arsenal. It's not bullets. It's not bombs. It's empathy and love. It's what drives you to defend this country. It's what drives you to get up and, and provide for your family. It's what drives you to go to church. It's what drives you to believe in things. Empathy and love. If you have those two things, we're unbeatable. That's that's the name of the game, and that's what we have to get back to, and we have to unify. And I think tonight I'm going to stick with obscure songs from the uh, from the '80s. Uh, somebody said your music tastes are all over the place if you haven't figured it out i try and look for things that are obscure songs that people don't listen to a lot and you know some mainstream stuff but some obscure stuff this is this is pretty mainstream this is one of the this is one of the biggest hits for this group uh these guys came out they came out of nowhere and uh i gotta tell you you know in the mid 80s that was a weird time for music but these guys came out and and they they literally paved their own path because her music was so different than everybody else. So I'm going to end tonight with fight for your right. This is the beastie boys. This is, uh, this is actually one of those songs that you hear every so often. You're like, yeah, I remember that song. Yeah. This is a big song back when, uh, when I was in school. So here's the beastie boys fight for your right. God bless one team, one fight. Yeah.